You're listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer hard questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Well, welcome or welcome back to the Sunnybrook Unscripted podcast. We are in our really important topic of parenting. Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff, covering all the good and bad things he did mm. for me as a parent. We haven't done a lot of the bad yet. We I know. Should. I think we're going to keep a whole separate episode for We should. Healing or two. I'm going to lay, bring a couch in, lay down. It's not going to be you. It's going to be a therapist. You good. can listen with everyone else. Uh, but one thing we're going to cover today, we talked about love languages. We talked about phases of parenting, all of those different things. Um, but today we're going to kind of hone in on one of the kind of subjects that we talked about really in the phases of parenting um, and talking about respect. Uh, because that's a really difficult thing to instill in kids. How do I raise a kid that has integrity, that's respectful, not just to me, not just um, in front of me, but behind closed doors? How do I instill in my child this idea of integrity, honor, and respect? Because what I am learning in my young children is they don't come naturally to that. No, none. Do. But again, it's a biblical principle. It's an other-centered principle. You, you, you'll see it in Hebrews chapter 13. You see it in Romans chapter 13. Peter talks about this idea of submitting to authorities. Uh, I think in our world, and I'm saying this about the big wide world, we have lost this sense of mm-hmm. respect of authority and mm-hmm. peers and parents mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. This idea of respect and honor, mm-hmm. uh, we've really let wane. And I think we need to recapture that. I, I don't know how a, a child is ever going to sort of respect mm-hmm. the laws of the land, respect its parents, respect uh, authority mm-hmm. if this is not instilled by them uh, in them by their parents and again I think it starts with mom and dad respecting authority mm-hmm. respecting laws of the land respecting other things mm-hmm. we model that again Moses talked about that in Deuteronomy chapter 6 mm-hmm. hey these things are first of all be written on your hearts mom and mm-hmm. dad and now you teach it to your children mm-hmm. so it, it's got to be resident inside of us I can give you a ton of examples and we'll talk deeper but I mean, when it says keep off the grass, mm-hmm. there's a sign there. Parents don't walk on the grass because yeah. what you're doing, again, is you're teaching your kids you can ignore that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in every phase and area of life, if it says dog on a leash, mm-hmm. again, we're other-centered. And the reason we have a dog on a leash is because the yep. dog could hurt or go up to somebody else. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to try to respect the authorities mm-hmm. around us. We're going to model it, mm-hmm. and then we're going to teach it to our kids. It's so true, and I, I really feel feel like I saw this as a teacher especially. I remember teaching middle school. I dealt with disrespectful kids fairly often. And I remember I had one boy in class who just really gave me a run for my money. And his mom, I had gotten on him in class one day. And after school, his mom called me. Um, and she called me and she she let me have it. She told me all of the things she thought I was doing wrong, how I needed to be a better teacher. She really told me what she truly thought about me. And at the end of the conversation, she said, and I have you on speakerphone and my son is right here. And I remember thinking to myself in that moment, I just have to survive this school year because there is no yeah. way he is going to give me an ounce of respect yeah. after he's experienced that because he truly was simply 
imitating what he had seen. Yeah, and again, I, I hate to hear that kind of stuff because I, I, sometimes I just want to say to parents, listen, stop that. Yeah. Just stop it. And, and it doesn't mean you can never disagree with a teacher. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the teacher is always right. Yes. But any time that's done in front of a child, mm-hmm. you are undermining their respect for their authority. And mm-hmm. listen, there's going to be good and bad authorities in life. Yep. So, so recognize you're not always going to have perfect teacher. We're certainly mm-hmm. seeing in today's day and age we don't have perfect police officer. So I recognize that. Yep. But there has to be this instilled respect mm-hmm. for that. If they want to have a private conversation with you as mm-hmm. the teacher, but in front of the child, there's mm-hmm. always got to be, this mm-hmm. is their authority, and we need yep. to learn to respect whether we agree or mm-hmm. disagree, because I think you're really hurting yourself in the long run as a parent if you don't. I do remember that. I remember being frustrated with teachers, being frustrated with you know a boss I had at part-time jobs I had growing up. I would come home and complain. Um, argue about them, and I remember um, you and Mom very specifically saying, "You're gonna have to. You're gonna have people your whole life that you disagree with at work, in an authority figures. You better figure it out now." Yeah, and don't don't you think you learn some mm-hmm. good things in that? Yeah, you learn number one how to submit to authority, but number two, you learn, hey, if I'm in a management or boss yes. position someday, yeah. here, here's what I'm going to be careful not to do. Yeah. So. We learn from both good and bad mm-hmm. authority, but I think it's mm-hmm. biblical that we mm-hmm. submit to authority, yeah. and we've got to teach our kids that. Mm-hmm. So they're learning respect from parents. It obviously starts with teaching your kids first and foremost to respect you because they're, you are their first authority in their life. Yes, very much so. It does start with you. And again, you know, we could go into a lot of different directions with this, but let me say this. I, I get concerned when I hear... Uh, small children calling parents by their first name. Mm. I I just think that's not a smart thing. Again, the the word mom, the word dad, the word mother, father um, has a a bit of a connotation to it Mm -hmm. that you've lived longer, you know more than Mm -hmm. I do, and just simply using that name again is a symbol of authority and a symbol of respect. And Mm -hmm. again, I've talked about this before, but we don't want to start at that friendship level. That's the goal of parenting. It's not where we start. Mm -hmm. And I always say this, and I thought this with my mom and dad too, you know there's only one person in the entire world that you can say that endeared title, mom, dad. Mm -hmm. So, So to call my mom Elnor, my dad George, just Mm -hmm. there's something inside that just should feel not right because there's a sense of respect and authority that they've Mm -hmm. been given and I want to honor them Mm -hmm. and they're beloved people in my life. So Mm -hmm. I I just think it starts with that idea of obeying, giving Mm -hmm. authority to parents, Mm -hmm. first-time obedience, all that we've talked Mm -hmm. about. I I think it starts by submitting Mm -hmm. to them. One practical thing that you guys gave us, I just remember doing this as a child, but then now I've been doing it with my own children in this idea of respect is respecting their conversations and respecting um, what they've got going on. You did the interrupt rule. Yeah, and again, it comes out of that phase of you're the authority. So so what happens is is this. Let's just suppose for a moment I'm having a conversation with another adult. Mm Mm-hmm. And then your kid comes up, and we all have this. Mom, yep. mom, mom, dad, 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 I yep. need you right now. Yep. And we literally and turn. And they're relentless. Oh, they're <laughs> relentless, is right. So we literally turn from this person that we're having a conversation with, and now we move here because, again, 
We've made this child the center of our world and everything revolves around them. But what we're doing is we're dishonoring the person that we're talking to. And we even use this if we're on the phone. You know, yeah. you can be on the phone. Again, we used to have phones on the wall. Uh, we don't have that anymore. You'd be on your cell phone and, and talking to somebody and your kids run up to you. So again, as a sign of respect for the parents and recognizing they are submissive, their kids are to their parents, uh, we would always use what we call the interrupt rule. So let's just say you and somebody's having a conversation mm -hmm. and I'm the child. All I'll do as a child is I'll put my hand on your leg, on your arm, wherever it is. And it signals to you, and I would often just put my hand mm -hmm. over uh, that then, or uh, you know, if you did it to me, I would mm -hmm. put my hand on top of you and say, okay, I, I see that you would like. So when the next break is in this conversation, respecting the person that I'm talking to, mm -hmm. now I'll turn to you. Mm -hmm. And again, it just gives the child the sense in which, okay, my mom, my dad care, they want to hear from me, mm -hmm. but I'm not the center of the world. I can't yeah. just interrupt them at any moment in time. They've got other things going on. And it just always, to me, seemed like a respectful mm -hmm. way to do it, to acknowledge the child. When the break comes, I turn to them and mm -hmm. I hear from them. But I think it didn't break authority and respect and all of the things mm -hmm. that we've been talking about. Yep. I remember that rule often as a child. I often remember sometimes thinking, man, there's been like six breaks in the conversation and you have yet to turn to me. But it's a, it's a good one. One of the most stressful things I think is when I'm trying to have a conversation with someone and my kids yelling and yep. then they just get louder because they think you can't hear them. It's been something that's been really good yep. to instill of, hang on. I'll yeah, and I think you bring a up a good point though, is, is parents look for a break. Because what you don't want to do is exasperate your yeah. child, or frustrate your child. You, you want to help them obey. Mm -hmm. So uh, first break, turn yep. to your child. Excuse me mm -hmm. to your friend, and now you turn to your child. Turn to your child. Yep. So if we've developed a respect for parents, I know the interrupt rule is kind of a specific example. There's a lot of different things yep. like that that kind of instill that respect. Um, let's talk about sibling respect, because there is a respect that has to come amongst Siblings. I think of myself growing up, especially with my sister. There's a lot of lack yeah. of respect between yes. the two of us. But how do you instill a respect amongst one another? Yeah, again, I just think you've constantly got to teach this idea of other-centeredness. And, and, and you've got to be willing to help your child elevate the siblings. So, you know, I came down pretty hard if, mm -hmm. you know, you fought or physically hurt mm -hmm. or, or tear down. Mm -hmm. um, so if there was gossip, those kinds of things that happened between siblings, say, listen, oh, oh, oh uh, these are your best friends. Yeah. I'm sure you remember your mom mm -hmm. saying that often, but hey, in the midst of a fight, we'd say to each other, listen, it's possible someday that mom and dad will not be here. You're going to mm -hmm. be each other's best friends. You're going to need each other, your family. Mm -hmm. So how you treat one another is going to be critical. So we always wanted to move uh, you know, children towards that, mm -hmm. toward other-centeredness and, mm -hmm. and, and building each other up. It's just critical. Mm -hmm. I, I think especially when it comes even to, you know, older people, grandparents and those kinds of things, again, I, I think we give respect to age. Mm -hmm. You know, Scripture talks about that, uh, especially in the book of Leviticus, it talks about honoring age. So I think, you know, not only do you honor parents, honor siblings, mm -hmm. but we always honor people that have, mm -hmm. you know, lived life a little bit longer than us yeah. as well. I think when I consider that respect and, you know, thinking in the specific of siblings, I think one of the ways that that was instilled that I recognize now was intentional that I want to do myself as a parent was just the amount of time you really forced us to spend 
together. Um, that it wasn't always we were running off with friends or inviting friends to be at things. I mean, I remember in the summers, we were allowed two social nights out. And then we had two intentional nights yep. as a family. And I remember with my siblings trying to line up, okay, these two nights we're all going to go out and do something so that when I'm home, you'll be home with me and we can actually have someone to hang out with. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to Teenage Rebellion. Mm-hmm. But we often say this, um, peer pressure is only as strong as family identity is weak. Hmm. So, so there's this constant desire, I think, as a mom and dad to create a sense of family identity, to mm-hmm. spend time together. Yep. Uh, because uh, eventually for all of us, there's going to come this peer pressure. And again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if there's good family identity, good relationships that have been developed, good yep. balance in that, then when somebody tempts us to do something we know is not a part of our identity, we can yep. move back toward that. Yep. So I, I think it's critical. And moms and dads, that means you're going to have to give up nights. You're going to have to give up time. We used yeah. to do what we called family night mm-hmm. on a Friday night, on a Thursday night, whatever you decide works best for you. And then there's just going to have to be activities. They say, listen, no friends tonight. Mm-hmm. This is going to be about our family. And yeah. I, I think you create a good sense of family identity mm-hmm. in that. And I know this has got to be so hard because I'm sure we were really annoying about it. But you also didn't let us have phones in our rooms, TVs in our room. I remember I was, I was like the only kid yeah. that couldn't have a TV in my room. But what it forced us to do then is we all watched TV in the living room. And we all ended up hanging out with one another and actually spending time together, not separated in our own yeah. bedrooms as, away. As simple as that sounds, and this was your mom's idea because I would have caved long ago. <laughs> mom's better at being a little bit firmer than what I ever was. Um, and the truth is, I kind of grew up with a TV in my room. Yep. But uh, when she said it, it just made a whole lot of sense to me. Is y- You'll often notice nowadays, and it could be Xbox, it could be anything, but yep. kids like to isolate themselves. Mm-hmm. There, there's something emotionally about that where mm-hmm. they don't want to engage all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think if you give them too much in their room to mm-hmm. be able to do... You, you keep them away from the central place in the family. I, I love the layout of homes nowadays because mm-hmm. they're kind of wide open, but it gives you this opportunity of sort of this family room yep. where everybody gathers together. If they don't have a TV in their room, they got to come out here. Mm-hmm. If we say, hey, your phone stays over here, then they're not off yeah. uh, in the room by themselves. Yeah. And again, I know we think it's incredibly cruel to do that as parents, mm-hmm. but, but the truth is when you set it up that way, kids usually don't mind. And when it becomes a norm, There's just good things that happen in that. And uh, our kids are much more willing to obey Mm -hmm. than we are to follow through. So I just make a decision. Mm -hmm. Here's what we want out of our family. I had a girl I was mentoring, a high school student one time, and um, she was struggling with depression. And her mom made this decision. She wasn't allowed to be in her room on her phone or on her computer anymore. She just kind of eliminated it. You need to be out with everyone. And the girl told me in one of our sessions, she said, I actually think it's really helped me. She said, I, I argue with my mom about it all yep. the time, but I think it's one of the best things that she did for me. I think it's incredibly wise. Mm-hmm. I, I, you see it, um, having been a youth minister, I did too, is when kids begin to isolate mm-hmm. is when problems happen. Yep. So anything we can do to get them to remain a part of the family identity mm-hmm. is just good. Yep. Well, we're going to cover that subject a little bit more um, in the coming weeks. So if that's a stage that you're in right now, phase you're in right now, we're going to cover that. Um, so I hope you join us back here for more on parenting. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. 
To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.